Welcome back to another episode of Give Me Some Truth, International Edition, Dame la Verdad, Dis-moi la Verité. Uh, we, can, we, we have to learn uh, more languages, obviously, uh, to, to expand that reach. Uh, here today, again, with uh, Stan, I'm Keith Ponyways, I'm here with Stanton Farmer, Stan, for yes. those of you playing at home, and Sil Michelin as well, uh, to talk about maybe a little bit different topic. Uh, this year in our uh, Walkner Conan International uh, Review for 2020 or preview for 2020, uh, Stan wrote about maybe the top five destinations for expats in uh, 2022, kind of based on prevailing trends and what we've been hearing from our clients and so on and so forth. A little bit more uh, fun topic, though we will t- touch a little bit on um, things like taxes and so on and so forth, but also some of the lifestyle reasons why uh, those countries are, are quite popular. Um, so Stan, you know, before we get into the specifics, what, what kind of motivated you to write this article? I'm going to be perfectly honest with you and the audience and, and uh, tell you that, that first and foremost, it was my immense desire to avoid an article that mentioned inflation or interest rates. In uh, early 2022, these are the the big topics kind of driving conversations around the markets. Uh, and we have in, in our uh, preview, and, and you can check that out at walknercondon.com or usexpatinvesting.com. Uh, we have a, Sill, you wrote about in inflation and, and investing, and we talked a little bit about that uh, on a podcast uh, last week, we did it and, and uh, talked about that more globally. Um, and so uh, this week, uh, again, a little bit more fun topic. Uh, Sill, right now it's um, you know about 30 degrees in Wisconsin. Is there a particular international destination that you were, were sort of thinking about? Well, I mean, Costa Rica sounds pretty good uh, this right. time of the year, right? Just looking at Stan's article. So uh that doesn't sound too bad. And we, we have clients in Costa Rica, believe it or not. And uh, I think Stan has the right idea to write about something that's a little lighter, a little bit more fun. And, uh, and we, we also have kind of a, a, a unique viewpoint here at Walkner Condon in the sense that we talk to people all the time who are about to expatriate, about to leave the U.S. and have these projects in retirement or other. So we are kind of always doing this kind of market research where we have visibility on the trends of, you know, where Americans are, are, are moving to. And so it's great that Stan got the opportunity to share a bit of that, that insight. Right. As a firm with, uh, you know, a domestic half and an international half, I thought, you know what? Everybody else in Wisconsin is freezing and they're packing their money away and Clint, Nate and Jonathan and, uh, and Mitch are, you know, helping them grow that nest egg and, and, and they've got dreams, right? So this was a, like a kind of bridge, bridge the, the gap, you know, way to uh, put forth an article for the dreamers, right? <laughs> where, where, what can everybody get behind, you know, and maybe that idea that retirement could be an adventure or not even necessarily retirement, but like, you know, Hey, we, we live in this increasingly mobile world now. And, uh, I mean, maybe you could say that the silver lining of the Rona is that, uh, more and more people are now 
equipped to do their jobs wherever they want. I think, yeah, that's one of the things that we're seeing. I, I, I remember last year as well, we did a, a podcast uh, with representatives from the Bahamas, if I remember correctly. Bermuda. Bermuda, I, I apologize. <laughs> uh, I was uh, just listening to someone as well this morning who uh, got paid to go to uh, buy his newspaper to cover the cricket in Barbados. Uh, also a good, a good gig if you can get it. Uh, and, you know, Bermuda has set up as well a sort of digital visa. But what is it specifically about Costa Rica that you think is, is going to make it hot, Stan? Well, uh, I mean, th- there's a couple of things. And I do want to say that, you know, just picking five countries is difficult. And, um, you know, when it came to, you know, south of the, of the border, you know, thinking about uh, the Western Hemisphere here, uh, you know, Mexico is a, a fantastic destination for many Americans, right? Um, In fact, two of our colleagues are there right now. Yeah, how about <laughs> that? You know, um, th- there are wonderful expat, expat havens in, uh, in in Mexico. But Costa Rica kind of stands out as uh, a, a country that is extremely accepting of expats. You know, it's an important part of their community and um it's also a very peaceful nation right um they disbanded their military many many eons ago and 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 i know this sounds shocking uh if you look at the u.s uh, line item budget uh federal budget but they, they, they basically said you know what we, we 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 are a peaceful people um let's focus all of our revenue on improving our education and our health care. And if every emerging market country were to do the exact same thing, uh, this list would be even harder to come, you know, to narrow down to five because there are paradises all over the world now, but, um, you know, living in them as opposed to visiting them are two different things. Well, and in fact, um, one of the interesting things about Costa Rica is that emphasis on healthcare means, and they acknowledge as well, you had said expat friendly, that for Costa Rica, tourism is quite important. And so they actually did a very, very good job of vaccinating their population, ensuring that, you know, COVID was, protection was very strong. Yes. And those sorts of things. So yeah, going forward, it's going to be, going to be, you know, continue and, and that emphasis on Healthcare and education means it's a, a, a very nice place if you're moving to it, right? Because yeah. a better educated and better taking care of uh, local population yeah. uh, means generally, you know, people are more satisfied and, and healthier and, and that sort of thing. And that makes it a more pleasant place to live. Trust me, nobody wants to live in a country where where the children are born into abject poverty and will never get the education, the toolbox to go and make a better life for themselves. Now, another country, It's heartbreaking to do that, trust me, uh, another, from experience. Another uh, uh, place uh, that is on your list that uh, we, we quickly zoom to the other part of the world, why is Malaysia on this, on yeah. this list? I mean, again, um, Malaysia is, uh, you know, one of... Uh, of a handful of countries that always get rated extremely highly for by expats uh, for the quality of life. Okay, um, you know Singapore, Taiwan, Vietnam. You know uh, these countries are constantly you know on these better living you know international living you know publications. I wanted to 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 single out 
um, Malaysia uh, because, you know, I, I haven't spent much time, spent very little time in Malaysia, spent more time in Singapore, no more people in Singapore. And Singapore is, you know, the jewel of, of Asia. I mean, it's, it, it's a developed country, right? Um, so why not choose it? Well, I mean, I can tell you from experiences that, that uh, you know, COVID times have made Singapore, I mean, rather, you know, it, it's not quite the same happy tale as Costa Rica that, that Keith was giving us here. In, in, in Singapore, they've made immigration much more difficult. They've made travel when you leave uncomfortable, right? Um, getting back in and, and, and so on and so forth. And I'm like, okay. Well, you know what? Um, we, we, we have to we have to eliminate you know the, the most attractive, and then obviously we've got Hong Kong and, and Taiwan, and we of course the elephant in the room is 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 China, right? And um, uh, you know, for better or for worse, um, you know, the Chinese government is uh, you know does it seem to be relaxing things now? We've we've you know seen the news about. Um, you know, protests in, in Hong Kong, and, and we've, you know, um, seen, the, you know, the threats and uh, in, in the Chinese Navy buildup, you know, and the threat to Taiwan. Why mess with all of that? Okay, I've, I've yet to hear anybody expressing hostile intentions towards Malaysia. And in Malaysia, you have this great combination of work or retirement, I think, right? Because Kuala Lumpur may be the most underrated epicenter of, of, of economic activity on the planet, right? Um, it, it's a fantastic place. It's very international. You can get by with English, which I think is important for most experts because I think learning Malay might be challenging for, for, for most people, like me at least. Um, and, uh, you know, it's... it's tax-friendly like Singapore and Hong Kong in the sense that your offshore wealth, the income flowing from your offshore wealth is not taxed, okay? And then even the ordinary income tax rates in Malaysia are pretty pretty well aligned with U.S. tax rates. So it, it's got that. And by the way, Costa Rica's got the, the exact same thing too. So to get by, uh, you know, the analysis of the financial advisor, it's not about which country necessarily has the best cafes and, you know, all of that. It's also, you know, is it going to, you know, is it going to break the bank to to live there? And uh, Malaysia is for uh, for an for an Asian developed, you know, country, relatively affordable and low tax. Well, when you had started talking about Singapore and, and Hong Kong, those are very expensive cities. And I think Kuala Lumpur, while not cheap, you know, is a little bit right. more reasonable. In well, it's not of, Costa Rica in terms of yeah. cost of living, but compared to, Kuala, to, compared to, to Singapore or Hong Kong, definitely. A little affordable. more accessible from the affordability standpoint. And, you know, uh, in terms of, of, you know, this sort of... Uh, Moving abroad as as well, um, so you know you've actually jumped countries quite a bit in your time. Uh, did you ever look at uh, you know Asia as a possible destination? You or? know, I've lived in many countries, but Asia uh, is not a, a an area of the world that I've really uh, visited. And uh, I spent most of my career working in 
private banking, and uh, Singapore was always kind of a, a a hub for Asia. So over the years, you know, I, I considered here and there the possibility of of Singapore or Hong Kong. Um, so you know, I've kind of looked into it, but nothing ever really came close to materializing. Two places where the affluent Chinese go to launder. <laughs> uh, can we say that? Should we, we edit that out? Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, you know, one of the interesting things about, I would say as well, Malaysia versus Singapore or Hong Kong is the the sheer diversity of yeah. Malay culture and, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so on. So something a little bit different. And, you know, if you're looking for, for something from that perspective and Kuala Lumpur, I've heard nothing but amazing things about yeah. on my list of, of places to go. Now, Syl, you've spent most of your time on in Western Europe and mm-hmm. moving around in Western Europe. Um, and one of the countries that's on Stan's list is one that you may know somewhat, um, you know, is France, which I think so many people, when we talk about France in the U.S., one of the things in Western Europe in general that we talk about is high taxes. Right. And that, in fact, for Americans in France is not necessarily the case, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and France is kind of, uh, it can be surprisingly tax-friendly, for Americans. And you're right. If you think about moving to France, you think, oh my God, you know, 40% income tax, 50% income tax. Wealth tax. Wealth tax, all sorts of things. Uh, tax that, tax. The tax on, on taxes on taxes. But that's not entirely true, right? Um, actually, France has kind of a unique tax treaty with the United States. Um, it's unique for the U.S. France has similar arrangements, I think, with a few other countries. But the bottom line is, depending on how you organize your investments and your finances and depending on the, the different streams of income that you have, um, you may end up living in France and mainly paying taxes in the U.S. That's certainly true if you don't have employment income. For example, if you're retired and if you derive most of your income from U.S. investment sources, then there may be provisions in the tax treaty between France and the U.S. that would allow you to effectively not have to pay French tax rates on those um, sources of income. So again, uh, depending on your individual situation, and again, I want to emphasize that it's it always comes down to your own unique circumstances. So don't take anything we say at face value. Make sure that you review everything with a, an advisor and, a, and an accountant. But depending on your situation, you may find yourself able to live in France as an American and yet be in a very advantageous tax situation overall. It, it's particularly good if you're retiring there, I would say. Um, yeah, and, and but re- with, the, with the caveat of... France is a wonderful place to live in retirement, but come back before you die, right? I mean, <laughs> and, I, and I and I wrote about this in in in, in an article last year. It's true. It's, it can be a great place from an income tax perspective, but yeah, uh, inheritance tax in France can be more punitive. more challenging. But um, you know, there are ways around it as well. If you own real estate there, you can give it in in usufruct to your children or to relatives and and move it along. Mm-hmm. The nice thing is, uh, as opposed to Germany and Netherlands, you know, those sorts of things, um, you know, no tax on exchanges between spouses as well in terms of inheritance tax. Um, so right. those are advantages. So in a lot of cases, if you're, you know, uh, a, a couple with no children, France, 
you know, doesn't matter uh, yeah, what happens. Absolutely. Um, and Syl, of course, you know, left France, so he can't speak to the wonderful things about life in France uh, that I think has an appeal for so many people, particularly in the in the South. And if the only thing you've heard about you know, French is uh, about Parisians. I would say in the South, people are much more open and friendly and easygoing and so on. Right. Um, from that standpoint. And I would give the, the nod in terms of the wine, uh, you know, to France over the other big Western European country on your list that you have quite a bit of experience with. And we all have worked with clients in, in Portugal, but um, you know, I think French wine is better than Portuguese wine. Um, you know, generally. For, uh, so before we move to Portugal. Portugal is famous for its dessert wine. But during the meal, by all means, go Bordeaux, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. more burgundy. More of a burgundy? Yeah, but, you know, uh, but still anything Kind of matches your sweater today, Keith. Yeah, well, that's why I, br <laughs> I brought it today. Um, for those of you watching on the YouTube, <laughs> you're kind of the, you know, they can the see Ron that. Burgundy. Of Still, <laughs> um, so anything else? You know, I know you fled it in, you know, because you hated the people in the country. Um, but it, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm just a grumpy Parisian. So, so you know, I'll let people flock to the south of France and enjoy the lifestyle. Well, you know, they. I, I will tell you, if you want to make friends in the south of France, talk about how much you hate Parisians. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, nobody likes you guys, Sil. So I hate to break it to you. Uh, but, uh, you know, yes, uh, in, in Portugal, their port and particularly the Madeira, the fortified wine from yeah. the coast of Portugal, delicious. I do like a good Vinho Verde as well, a... a yeah young wine from Portugal, but overall, you know, I'm going to go to France, but what, what has drawn people to Portugal? I mean, Portugal is absolutely on fire as an expat destination. And, uh, I mean, this has evolved in the last five or six years. Um, you know, when I, when I lived in Portugal 10, 11 years ago, um, there were no Americans to be found. Um, and, uh, and for good reason. There, there was, uh, you know, it, it's high tax. It was high tax and, uh, uh, you know, very lethargic, um, very lethargic economy. In fact, um, I just had a, a lovely conversation with uh, a, a Portuguese client of mine in Singapore uh, this morning, and uh, who pointed out to me again that uh, she she's actually returning to Portugal at, with her American spouse. And uh, she pointed out to me again something fa fascinating to me. Portugal's economy was wrecked so badly during Great Recession times that the president basically told her generation, you need to go elsewhere. There's nothing here for you. <laughs> go out in the world and make something of yourself because you will not find it in our country. Um, and, and they did. Um, and now they're coming back because the the tax program known as the non-habitual residence program has had the desired effect of bringing affluent foreigners to Portugal. It's been a huge injection for their economy. Now, like like building you know a you know an apple you know part Chinese apple parts factory in Milwaukee is supposed to be an injection to the economy. It comes with tax breaks, right? I mean, it, it, it comes with concessions that the EU doesn't necessarily love. But but uh, non-habitual residence program essentially is a 10-year period of time where little, if any, of your non-Portuguese sourced income will be subject to Portuguese taxes. 
So it kind of puts Portugal on the same playing field as Costa Rica and Malaysia, for example. And France, by treaty, is also similarly poised. Okay, NHR is a little different than the, the French treaty-based benefit in the sense that even if you work in Portugal, you're flat taxed at 20%. Okay, so... Um, it's a wonderful place for digital nomads to go. It's not just a retirement destination, right? Uh, it's a great place if you do consulting business, if you've got a US LLC. If well, I would say, yeah. you know, Portugal is probably, if you want to be a digital nomad, a more attractive destination than France. I would say if you're a retiree, France may actually be a more... I mean, that's an excellent example, right? ...attractive destination because that 10-year that period doesn't wear out as right. it does in yeah. Portugal. And I don't know about... Costa Rican internet, but like if you're a digital nomad, you need to guess you need you need bandwidth. And uh, uh, I, I could just say this: Lisbon had the best damn internet I've ever had in my right. life. Yeah, it was just <laughs> never down. Spectrum, I hate you. Okay, <laughs> that's a shout out to you, uh, well, Charter. Um, <laughs> leaving aside your your you're awful, uh, you know your your uh, personal <laughs> feelings, uh, Portugal as well. Uh, got rid of the inheritance tax, right? No. A, a leg up on France there. Feel free to go enjoy Portugal um, and die in Portugal. It's really, you know, in France, it's like you could stay there, but don't die there. In Portugal, it's like, well, you can stay there for 10 years. And if you happen to die there, no, 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 no bad shakes, right? No, uh, no, no taxes that, are coming. They're to not. Are they? Do you think chi- they're going to use? Kids. Do you think they're going to use that on their uh, tourism? Probably not. A great the best place logo. to die in the next ten Pro- years. But this um, is, th- th- you know, I know that like this article kind of reads like Portugal, a like a, like a tour- come to Portugal to die in the next ten years. This article reads more like a tourism, you know, uh, marketing piece than uh, most things that we write here. Um, but. Um, but no, I mean, here on the podcast, we just kind of got to tell it like it is. And uh, we have to evaluate the pros and cons of each and every country as we would with prospective clients or, you know, many of our clients. How many of your clients, Keith, um, you know, over the course of a five-year period might entertain the idea of moving from one foreign country to another, right? I mean, yeah. It, it's... Yeah. Well, and so that, that brings us to the, the fifth country on your list, which I'm actually a little bit surprised about. Why yeah. is uh, why is this fifth country on your list? Well, okay, for the fifth country, I chose the United Kingdom. And it's not um, as tax-driven as the, the others, right? Um, but, you know, being... Um, being a firm that works with U.S. expats primarily, you know, on our on our team, um, you know, we we have to acknowledge that this is the greatest concentration of Americans abroad, right, outside of maybe Canada, right. So, um, the the United Kingdom has a lot to offer, and I thought in 2022, especially Not the weather. Not it's not it's not we've it's, gone it's from not south of France, not south of France, Portugal. It's not the Algarve of Portugal. It, it is because not Costa like every, Rica, every but it's English, not Malaysia. Every English person pre-Brexit was moving to Portugal, to southern Spain, to southern France. Yes, and now you're telling American retirees to move to this country that yeah. they're all fleeing. It it, it it in the UK they get they get probably a lot similar rainfall to Malaysia. Only it happens, you know, at five to 10 degrees Celsius, not, uh, you know, 25, right? Um, so it keeps everything green for the most part. But yeah, no, it's, uh, 
it's 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 not you know the the retirement retire on the beach kind of proposition and right? they brexited now so if you have you know but one see, of the advantages I, of 2022 of, i thought after brexit we need to acknowledge the fact that the uk has not fallen into the abyss that it's it's still attractive so many people were so terrified and ready to flee the uk and you know i'm not saying that this is a y2k situation you know, but but it kind of felt like that, right? They're like, well, I, you know, we gotta have to, you know, get two years worth of our prescriptions because we're not gonna be able to get our medications and you know all kinds of uh, apocalyptic concerns, and yet here they are. Is the UK in a recession right now? It is not, right? Um, was was Brexit a good thing? He's giving me this look like you bastard. But no, I mean, it, I, I, it, no, I'm not, I'm not weighing in on that it, by any means in endorsing Brexit. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, the the Union Jack still flies, proud and true, and um, it still manages to do business with the rest of Europe. Uh, well, no, no, no. But what I'm going to say is, the UK has one of the the most friendly tax treaties for Americans. It's very simple to understand. I would say, however, uh, you know, if you're going to retire there. Even worse country to die in almost than than France, right? Yeah, yeah. High, I mean, high estate tax. You know, right now their tax rates there are very similar to the U.S. They'll honor if you have a Roth, they'll honor a Roth, you know, if you retire there. But like weather, you know, like I, I'm I'm thinking about sitting here looking Keith, outside. Keith, you and I are both huge soccer fans, though. This and, is true. And, I, you know, and, 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 and England has the best league in the world. And then right below that, it has a league that's still better than MLS. Well, yeah, uh, all of these things. Um, <laughs> no, I just, you know, I think for lifestyle factors, I'd be taking a, a hard look. And, you know, still has that, that built-in French animosity to the Brits. Even though, like many French people, he... Sill's he, lived in London. He, he followed the great uh, French uh, exodus to London, right? Uh, yeah, I lived in London. And what there are, I think, over half a million French people in London alone. Like, if London was a... A city in France, it would be a pretty good-sized town. So, you know, I think the UK actually makes sense to include on that list, despite the weather. Um, you know, what we tend to find is there's a lot of Americans in the UK, and that people who go there tend to stay longer, and uh, it, it kind of feels like home for a lot of for a lot of Americans for an obvious reasons. Point. Right? There, there so, are there are more there are more Americans that get a second citizenship in the United Kingdom. Yeah. I think, right? you know, the language is an obvious reason, the, the culture, and people feel, so people stay there a long time. It's also, like you said, Keith, uh, in terms of taxes and everything, obviously it's a high tax country. Uh, it does certainly have one of the best, or at least one of the mo most detailed tax treaty that the US has with any country, with the exception maybe of Canada. And also, if you're an American abroad, you know, there's because there's a lot of Americans, there's a community, there's also a lot of support in terms of, you know, accountants that can help you and things like that. So it's actually probably one of the easier countries they, to yeah, be. They theoretically an speak the, the same language as we do. <laughs> um, so they no, do. I, 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 and they an, sound smarter doing it. Too. I, I, I'm an Anglophile. I like, I like the UK. Um, I just. 
you know, I'm, I'm looking out the window on the snow on the ground and I, I would, you know, right now in the middle of February, Costa Rica sounds a lot more attractive <laughs> to me than, than the UK. Uh, you know, as I just watched some FA cup matches where it was, uh, you know, raining sideways and balls <laughs> would be blown back at guys when they kicked them. So, yeah. uh, and you know, Stan was also thinking, I think perhaps in terms of golf, uh, you know, the UK, excellent reputation for golf. We will wrap it up there uh, this week on our, our little bit more lighthearted, hopefully, uh, episode of uh, Dame La Verdad. Um, we look forward to you joining us again. And as always, if you have any questions about anything we've touched on today or specifics related to your situation, feel free to reach out to, to one of the advisors. We're always here to help. Walkner Cotton Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Registration with the SEC does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Walkner Cotton Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit walknercondon.com.